Hello and welcome back to the Perth to Paisley podcast, episode 102. And probably for the first time this season, it is going to be entirely positive. It's us. We'll find something to be negative about. But generally, what a week it has been for Heart of Midlothian. And we're going to talk about all of it. Of course, I am one of your hosts, Daniel McIver, joined by Mr. Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you? I'm great, mate, but I've got to get this negative out of the way. The negative is, despite back-to-back clean sheets, despite back-to-back away victories, the international break is round the corner. And why on earth the Hearts have to find form now where we've got a week with no fixture and then we've got half of the old firm at Tynecastle in the following week? There's your negative. But other than that, there's plenty to be positive about. So I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. I was about to say, we lasted a minute. Before we go out of the way, because we're just yeah. we're going to get carried away here. But yeah, that's fair. However, there is a lot to be carried away about this week, which is a rarity this season due to the bad luck we've been having with injuries, poorer performances and results. But that has not been the case this past week. As Hearts, after nearly breaking their record for no clean sheets, actually go back to back with away clean sheets as we were saying just before we started recording <laughs> a rare occurrence yeah. yes <laughs> and incredibly the first of those came in our second Europa Conference League group stage game where we travelled to Latvia well we personally didn't but no. the team and a lot of fans did very envious and, of those that did by the way yeah it looked fantastic. It looked great. So I hope comes, everybody... So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not even going to that. Oh. So, <laughs> I'll be at the home games though, so it's fine. What, what was that about no negatives? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the wine-up came out and immediately, positive number one, potentially, was that it was the return of Craig Halkett into the starting eleven. Hearts changed shape ever so slightly for the first time this season and I think Robbie Nielsen's found something that works currently <laughs> because it, it was the same on Sunday when we'll get to that however Hearts lined up in a 4-3-3 with Craig Gordon in goals Alex Cochran Stephen Kingsley Craig Halkett and Michael Smith making up the back four a midfield three of George Grant coming back in after his suspension Cammy Devlin and Andy Halliday with Barry Mackay Josh Janelli on the flanks and Lawrence Shankland up front in his own, but with the support of Mackay and Gino. What did you make of the team when it came out? Did you expect the system change? And how were you feeling about Craig Halkett coming back into the fold? I I was very pleased to see Craig Halkett come back into the fold. I think this was a good but tough game for him to come back into. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is that when I saw the personnel's names, I didn't really account for us going a 4-3-3 as opposed to a 4-2-3-1. I'd assume that it would be Halliday and Devlin in front of the back four with George Grant a little bit more advanced. Um, So it was quite nice actually to see Halliday and Grant on either side of Cammy Devlin who I believe to be was in the middle. Um, Energy at the base of the midfield and two boys that will equally work and can provide us with something further forward uh, either side of him. So was actually really encouraged it appeared for all the world that we were actually going for it um which is great and it certainly certainly started that way which was which was also encouraging to see so yeah i'm happy that josh janelli was given a start um i feel like his pace is what's been missing from hearts in in recent weeks uh and i think 
all told, that's probably as strong a team as we could have named. Obviously, bar the second goal scorer coming on and then his exploits on Sunday. So, yeah, all's uh, all is well in the world once I saw that line up and was feeling. <laughs> was I feeling confident? Probably not with the recent run of form, but I was quietly optimistic. There you are. That's fair. Uh, yeah, it was the for FIFA players. It was the four three three second variation, with a sitter in behind, uh, in front of the mid uh, back four with the two sitting. And I assumed that the sitter would be Halliday, just because I expected him to be sat there. Doesn't need to do a lot of running, but can kind of just start moves. But Devlin, as you say, the energy from that base worked really, really well. Again, I said last week. I just think Devlin's energy works really well in Europe. Like, he just seems to be up to that standard all the time. It's almost like the telly cameras are on and he is angling for that move. I don't know I don't know what he's hoping for, really. I mean, he just goes to this every week. Well, listen, I mean, it's obviously paid off dividends because he's back in, or, well, not back in the Australia fold, but he's in the Australia fold, yep. hoping to win his first cap or whatever. Um yeah, what, what, what did you say before that? I was, was going to say I was something. just going to say, I'm surprised that it was Devlin in that role instead of Halliday. Yeah. I, it's, it's trying to give off as much energy as he can because it yeah. looked for all the world like we were traipsing through mud. We were sort of running on empty for the vast majority of that game. Um, but obviously, when we sealed the deal, that's when Cammy's energy came to the fore, but we'll get to yes. that. Yes, we will get to that because... It was a very exciting start. Within the first 60 seconds, RFS nearly score, but it's a great save from Gordon to tip it onto the bar, which initially doesn't even seem like a save. It just looks like the boys hit the bar, but then you see the fourth replay or something where it's massively slowed down. It's like, oh, we just have the best goalkeeper in the world, and he's just tipped that onto the bar. Was that the one that hit the bar or looked like the post? Oh, maybe I can't mind what part of the woodwork it hit, but it was it really said, early on. There was one that looked as though it hit the post. I can't believe Has that honestly come less than a minute? This, yeah. Can, we were saying this before we came on air. Time has gone to shit recently. <laughs> like, this. We were not talking about the Turks last week. I refuse to believe that. That yeah. feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but, yeah. I, just pleased he got to it because it was I'd, immediately I'd, it was the tail of two goalkeepers though because then two yeah. minutes later Gino hits a 25 a yard strike. and it looks like it's going in and what a save as well to tip it over and this is where your frustration arises with Josh Janelli because when he wants to be he can actually contribute it, it genuinely <laughs> I honestly believe he's better through the middle than out wide I know his crossing was good in this game mm-hmm. but He's one of those players that I just... I can't put my finger on why sometimes he's brilliant and other times he's brutal. It really, I think it's just because he's at us. Like, he would be at a higher level if he wasn't more If he consistent. was so consistent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair comment, but I, I don't know. I couldn't believe it. Because if that's yeah. a cross, then it probably shells off into the top of the stand and then it's hitting some Latvian ultras that were seemingly behind that goal. Um but yeah, I mean, like I say, had we conceded early, I, I really would have been worried because not mm-hmm. only would it not have been the clean sheets that we've obviously picked up, but just how demoralised must the boys be to concede so early on against what is perceived to be the worst team in the group. I know they picked up that point in Italy and that was a fantastic result against Fiorentina, but 
the run that we were on, it was imperative that we shut the doors early on and tried to really take advantage of them on the counter. That, that team, RFS, we'd obviously highlighted the fact that they are enormous. I had assumed that they wouldn't they wouldn't be all that quick given how large they were, right or yeah. rightly or wrongly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether Hearts just viewed that as exactly the same as I did. I I don't know. I think that's fair because they were just you looked at guys like Devlin, Mackay, Forrest when he came on, it was like, Oh, we are playing against giants here. The midfield and the attack looked like the seven dwarfs, didn't they? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we cockering at left back and midfield three, front three. But speaking about one of our giants, the the risk didn't pay off. As twenty two minutes in, Craig Halkett, it's actually a challenge he goes into. Like he makes the challenge, but then just doesn't get back up. And we are we're hearing mixed things as we sit we're sat here recording this on Tuesday the twentieth of September. Robbie said after the game that he kind of just felt the same injury a wee bit so he was like I'm not risking this I'm going to just ask to come off which I think everybody hopes that is the case that he was just being sensible and going right yeah this game we might lose this game now but the season overall is more important it has been a few days like almost a week since it's come out and we've not had any news however that's to be expected now that we're in an international break I'll be honest I was I was really annoyed in the moment because I didn't think we should have risked Halkett for this. I thought it was too early. And I think, just personally, it was a completely needless risk. But, like, when is the perfect time to throw him in? Because if you're asking me in terms of our fixtures in the past week, Motherwell are a far better side and put us under far more pressure than RFS did. Do you then just leave it for the international break hope that he builds up fitness throughout that and then chuck him in for the Rangers game is is that particularly wise I I, I don't know I, I'd love to know Robbie's reasoning and his thoughts behind putting Halkett in I criticise the manager a fair bit <laughs> I'll be honest but I I don't I don't I feel for him in that sense because I don't know when is the perfect you're damned if you do Halkett. damned if you do exactly don't. exactly and ultimately Again, this was sort of similar toward the back end of last season. Craig Halkett, by all accounts, rushed his recovery in order to be fit for the Scottish Cup final. And then what happened, happened. It seems as though that's then had a domino effect into, obviously, the Zurich game in St. Gallen, onto Riga and Latvia. Um, but when fully fit, he's, he's certainly our best default central defender yeah um, and we obviously wish him all the very best however Lewis Nielsen was absolutely <laughs> well, phenomenal in his place and I knew that you were going to come on to that but I've got to get that in there first and foremost because I was very very impressed he was the next person I was going to speak of because of course Halkett goes down and I think every Hearts fan goes right this is the moment where Robbie will either go with the tried and tested that he has and brings on Toby Sibick probably moves Michael Smith inside and puts Civic right back slash Atkinson might make an appearance would Haring have been a contender at centre half yeah Haring drop in I don't know like however Robbie Nielsen went with a ballsy move and he needs to be commended for that because Lewis Nielsen who we've been saying it 
since we've seen him, every Hearts fan who's been seeing him has been saying that he's not put a foot wrong yet nope. in a Hearts jersey. Even, I think all of us, though, would say it's maybe a wee bit of a step up to then suddenly go into group stage European football. Admittedly, not against the best opposition, but it's still European opposition for a 19 year champions at the end of the day. Yeah, so won, exactly. They won a league title. They can't be that bad an outfit. And once again, didn't put a foot wrong. Absolutely imperious. We'll get to his involvement in the second goal soon. But just... we. It's very early, right? Teenagers will have inconsistencies. They'll have dips in form. But just he just looks fantastic. It looks an incredible investment for the future. And again, like the whole fee is debated, but yeah, I, I'm going to say that it's a free transfer and it could be one of the best free transfers we've made. Provided, you know, the last talent that emerged from Dundee United to Hearts in that particular position... We've probably mismanaged. Um, needless to say, I hope we don't do that again. That's very fair. Um, and then, the game opened up for us. Because Barry Mackay, who I want to speak about at the end of the game and at the end of this podcast, does a lovely wee turn. It's been gift a oh. hundred times. Oh. <laughs> then, beats another guy and plays a ball through to Andy Halliday, who fires it across the face of goal looking for Shankland however the RFS player has his arm up hits his arm inexplicably the ref goes to give a corner so he knows it's made contact with the RFS player but it's, it's been like no that's fine there, isn't it? yeah however I don't know if it's judging by the reaction of Devlin Shankland and Halliday that he's made him go oh wait now hold on I'll ask my linesman and immediately the linesman goes of course it's a penalty he does give the penalty. And then, what were you laughing at? It caves into the peer pressure. Let's just be honest. Yeah, it does. I, I, it does. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not having it. It's, it's right. That. It's oh, justified peer pressure. And you better believe I was screaming for it just like everybody else. <laughs> but it was more in hope than expectation. To start. Yeah. So to actually see them point to the spot was fantastic. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> it just goes to show what happens when you actually question decisions. I yeah. feel like for far too long, Hearts sides haven't haven't reacted for every single little bit that should that we want to go our way. I feel like in fairness, that isn't even one of them. That's just a stone wall. Oh, like, how oh, can you not give this? Of course it is, but this, <laughs> but this is my annoyance that I sometimes have. If I was a player, I'd be protesting for absolutely everything. Whether You'd I be be- a nightmare, man. Whether I believed it or not, a hundred percent. Because you know, like Scottish officials, week in week out, dreadful. They've got to be up there with the worst in the world. And I know that this is obviously on a European stage, so it is that little bit different. But. Ultimately, they've reached the correct conclusion. So, well done for the peer pressure. Uh, I'm not sure the man in the middle would have seen it, but it's a good job that the lino was paying attention. Yes. And then, Lawrence Shanklin steps up to take his second penalty in Europe. And, like, you're rarely going to see a better penalty. It's an unbelievable hit to make it 1-0 to us. Oh, top banjo. Have some of that. Just coolness personified, isn't he? I'm beginning to rapidly fall in love. Like I've always been an admirer. I really have. When I when I saw the ridiculous goals that we scored for Air, I thought Dundee United signing him was a coup. 
obviously dragged them out of that league pretty much single-handedly. What a wonderful footballer. Um, and just a, an absolute fox in the box. Emphatic penalty. Because there is a tiny part of me, given our track record with pens, mm-hmm. that isn't... I, I'm not at the stage where I'm screaming and jumping up and down once you've been awarded a penalty. I, I, we sort of get it awarded and I'm like, right, okay, there's there's a chance here. Um, but, I mean, that was just absolutely tremendous. Upper echelon. Definitely. And then, for all the celebration because of our number nine, our number one had to keep us in it almost immediately. Because, just before because the why, why look, why look, why go in at one nil up and make, and look comfortable? Why look assured? Why make things trickier for yourself than need be? Because That's only hard with what the football club do. RFS get a free kick. They cross it in. It is a complete free header, inexplicably. Our set-piece defending this season so far has been dreadful. (laughs) So is our set-piece attacking. Yeah, I know it has. Crying out loud, honestly. But maybe the tactic is we don't need to defend because we've got Craig Gordon in goals. That's actually a point. I've I've remembered now the set-pieces. They infuriated me. Why did we... And I know it's obviously to counter the fact that, like I say, we were playing the Harlem Globetrotters. Why (laughs) did we take it short on so many occasions to then eventually whip it into the box. Not a single soul left the penalty area. I don't think any single time that we did it. So why not just chuck one in the mixer right away and see what happens? Honest to God, I was actually getting wound up watching us try and take these set pieces. Our set pieces haven't been good since Austin McPhee left the club. And my dad's argued that our set pieces have been shit for the best part of 40 years. There's such a pivotal part Kingsley. of the game. Uh, yeah. Apart from Kingsley. <laughs> if we're directly shooting at goal, they're semi-decent. <laughs> uh, trying to get sufficient contact from somebody proves a nightmare. However, we did go into the break 1-0 up, and I felt that when we came back out in the second half, I'm never, I won't say I wasn't worried, but in that second half, we dominated that game. Wait, I thought it was quite even in the first half. I felt it could have been like two all in the first half and it would have probably been a fair result. Whereas in the second, like, did Gordon have anything to do in the second half? Look, put, put it this way. I'm just... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a nervous wreck. I, I've, seen this, I've seen this tale far too many times to count. You know... You know what I'm going to say, that that three-worded phrase that I always use, but I'll caveat that and just say, there's always that chance, just one goal ahead, it it takes a second to score a goal. So I was silently bricking it. My dad was cool, calm and collected, sat next to me. My missus was adamant that we'd go and get another. I'm just sat there in the middle like, please just do this. Don't, like, don't piss this away. This was literally the golden opportunity to get rid of that bad run of form, have a feel-good factor, fly the flag for Scotland when it comes to the coefficient, given the old firm have let us down. I mean, crikey, what odds would you have got that Hearts would be the first ones to win a group stage match out of the Scottish teams? That would have been a bet worth placing, but... Yeah, I know. Just, 
Oh, just just relieved that we did what we did. Uh, well, it was genuinely more relief than happiness. I then saw happiness. Yeah. When I see all the fans celebrating, I'm like, do you know what? They've they've chucked their hard down dough. The gaffer said it himself. Mm-hmm. They paid good money to have the time of their life, cheer on the boys, and bring home three points. And honestly, could not be happier for the gaffer, all the coaching staff, the players, the fans. The entire club was literally just beaming with pride and relief come come full time. Well, that relief was compounded right at the very end of the half as Andy Halliday, who I thought had a very good game, uh, makes a block. I, I, I tell you what, something is in the air. I've just praised Robbie Nielsen and you're saying <laughs> that Andy just Halliday's a good game. My God, what you is can't... going on? You can't look at that game and not say he didn't have a very good game. He was really industrious. He just did his usual of playing in 19 different positions at any one time. <laughs> I was actually pleasantly surprised by how often he got forward. I think he does mm-hmm. have an eye for goal, Andy Halliday. We, we've seen that on a couple of occasions last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's yet to get off the mark this season, hasn't he? I, I, yeah. I don't think it's too far away. I, I've, been, I've been impressed with him recently. Well, he makes an excellent block in the box and then Lewis Nielsen did what he did for basically the entire game. You can very much tell he used to be a centre mid up until only a couple of years ago. It's evident how good he is on the ball. Didn't even because, know that's a good knowledge. Yeah, so up until he was 16, he played a centre mid as centre mid all his career and then he got moved into centre half. And so you that, can tell with that... Sorry, sorry, would that have been Robbie that shifted him to the back? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Or maybe, because I know that he was on loan at Falkirk from United as well. Maybe, maybe That's a good question. Maybe the Bairns actually. saw something. That, I don't know. Somebody can enlighten me there, but sorry. Yeah, off. if anybody knows, that would, be, that would actually be really helpful. Um, but yeah, he takes it calmly. He's getting closed down by two players and just dinks it over both of them. Devlin then just takes one touch, is away. The guy's on his arse. And <laughs> I think, collectively... An entire fan base, whether you were at the game, whether you were commentating on it, or whether you were watching at home, was screaming, pass to Humphreys. <laughs> Devlin, stop running and pa- pass it, Cammy, pass it now, 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 you fucked it, you fucked it, and then he passes it to Alan Forrest, who just calmly slots it past, gets his goal, and Hearts win... Their first game in group stage football in 18 years. Keep a clean sheet away from home. Our The, the guy that we said would be a good signing, whereas other people said they, they weren't that impressed, we backed him. And what a, we, uh, of all the weeks to say we backed him, we're definitely making a point of that now. We get the win. How gutted, however, on his 25th birthday, would you be if you were Stephen Humphreys? I would be fizzing. <laughs> I'm yet to score for the club that I've arrived at on loan. He must have missed some amount of sitters in training. And Cam I know. Is what is he like? Not a hope in hell's chance. <laughs> I, would, I was actually somewhat surprised to see Cammy Devil not take the shot on himself. Uh, oh, we'll get to that. But, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> Sunday. But uses his loaf. Um, Alan Forrest absolutely busts a gut, catches up, and just, oh, the relief. The joy, the pandemonium, superb, Ab- absolutely brilliant, um, and yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned it about Alan Forrest because it, I don't know, I just feel when I'm watching this Hearts team now that 
the onus isn't is it necessarily on Barry Mackay? I, I, I put it this way. I think Barry Mackay is our best playmaker. But I feel like... Yeah, Alan from Forrest, a creative point, it's still on Barry Mackay. But in terms of scoring, it's now not just, oh, if Barry Mackay doesn't do anything, we're knackered. Exactly, because we've got a plethora of players now, or you feel like we've got a plethora of players now that can contribute in the final third to alleviate the pressure off Lauren Shankland, a fully fit Liam Boyce, you know, Alan Forrest himself, who, whoever... Um, and yeah, just just great. I mean, how many counter attacks do we see fall? And I always say, I, I just think to myself, we are the only team in world football that does not score said <laughs> opportunity. So when I actually see us seal the deal so late on as well, I just I, I love a counter attack goal. There, I, I'm a sucker for it. I love persistent pressure, but sometimes there is something really nice about just shutting up shop, frustrating the opponents, and ultimately doing what they can't to just bring home three points. Just <sighs> poetic. It was it was poetry in motion. Great to see. Well, Hearts then moved on, and speaking about playing against teams who really try to do something and can't, they travelled to Fur Park at the weekend playing Motherwell. However, first of all, we will go around the grounds for the first time in a while, it feels like. Um, as yeah, all the other games yeah. yeah now we were one of two Sunday games so the Saturday games were a stalemate nil-nil in Perth between St Johnson and Ross County yep Rangers with a less than convincing 2-1 home win against bottom of the league Dundee United Livingston continued their trend of Jefferson Montano 1-0 wins <laughs> three on the bounce now against a command said that continue to struggle unless they're playing hearts. And it's rounded out by Hibs having the strategy of let's just beat teams with 10 men. And so far, fair play to them, it's really working out for them as they battered Aberdeen 3 1. What did you make of the Saturday games? I, talking about Hibs there, I had a conversation with a good few of my hearts pals. Uh, and we were trying to wind up the Hibs fans that are in our chat by saying that they only really do beat. 10 men I think they've literally beaten 11 men once in the league so far and was that St Johnston the opening day St Johnston opening day 1-0 yeah they couldn't beat 9 man Rangers obviously Mm -hmm. oh well saying that they actually clinched a 1-0 win against us so oh true true yeah no matter Um, elsewhere stalemate in Perth absolutely no surprise St Johnston obviously used up their goal allocation against St Mirren uh, two weeks ago so they're starting so to get points though in fairness to Davidson they're starting to get points don't I know I'm just I'm literally I'm just banking on Dundee United and Kelly finally clicking into gear but <laughs> I feel like I could be waiting a while um, speaking of Kelly I had Livingston to beat them 1-0 because like you say Christian Montano and 1-0 just seems to be I think I called him Jefferson Montano who is a different player uh, that just seems to be a bit builder's dream so you know I, I I don't even know who they've got after the break, but I'd be I'd be inclined to, to stick some dough on that. Yeah, Jefferson Montero plays for a. I oh, was that the boy that was at Swansea. Yeah, that's a guy who yeah, was yeah. at Swansea, the <laughs> Colombian. That's a- Ecuadorian. That's not the same person. No, it's not. But but we we Christian looks <laughs> we Christian. Look, looks, looks good. And <laughs> uh, what was it like? Rangers at Ibrox. Dundee United are still winless, but put up a good fight. Um, 
Antonio Cholak can only score at Ibrox. I say this now before he bags over at Tyne Castle. Why would you say that? Yeah, that's... Oh, what are no, you doing? That's so when that's he does, getting clipped. Yeah, that's getting clipped. And when he does, <laughs> then that's going to be all over my Twitter. Antonio Cholak... He's section in and shush you. Antonio Cholak is by far a better centre forward than Alfredo Morelos ever was. I don't know why he's still there. Right, Morelos is now going to get the winner. Oh, yeah. You can't win. You honestly can't win. Ryan, Kent's, Ryan Kent's not turned up yet, but I know a club that he will turn up against. Nothing yeah. sure. That is the annoying thing, because I'll be honest, I really like Trollhack. Do you? I really like him. He j- I like a striker that just comes in and scores, like, every game. Just he doesn't really do much no. else, but he just scores. No, he doesn't. And I get the impression that he just doesn't really give a shit while he's doing it. Yeah, uh, you, I rate you, it. You've got to rate it. Got to rate it. Yeah. Um, but talking about oh, just the cinch, premium cinch on Sunday, as we'll get into. Yeah, well, obviously with our game, but beforehand, the floor is yours. I, I don't <laughs> even really know what to say. The the day before, they were going to go a year unbeaten as their last loss That's embarrassing. away. Yeah. Ange Postacoglu apparently is cursed at New St Mirren Park as the Buddies got a historic 2-0 victory over Celtic. They had 21% possession. They had four shots, two on target, scored both their shots on target. Joe Hart, class, isn't he? Joe, Joe Hart, it's amazing passing accuracy. Oh, he's amazing. What, what about his dive for the Shakhtar goal in midweek? Oh, exactly. I mean, dare like, I say it, if that was Craig Gordon... Yeah, exactly. But Celtic, Celtic, Celtic lost to St Mirren. That is now, Ange Postacoglu played two games at that stadium, got one point and not scored any goals. All right, enough. They drew 0 last year. That is right. Was that not a COVID hit St Mirren as well, if my memory serves? I think so, yeah. I think that was the whole thing. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is never nice to see St Mirren win a football match. But when it's at Celtic's expense, <laughs> it is quite funny. It's not um, so bad. I think they were something like 11-1 to 1 before the game. Somebody oh. said they saw them at 16s. I mean, that is a I, phenomenal I, result. I saw somebody say they were at 20. Bloody hell. I mean, I'd love to know what they were to win to nil or oh, St yeah. Mirren and no for both teams to score. Um, yeah. I, I can't can't really say anything other than why ring six changes prior to the international break. It Crazy. seems seems bizarre. Um, and aside that, yeah, okay, they lost to St Johnson in their last league game, but prior to that, I think they picked up three wins for the first time since yeah. like two thousand and eight or something like that, yeah. uh, and consecutive clean sheets too. So we might actually be all. Stephen Robinson and St Mirren an apology when it comes to the end of the season. I'm I'm quietly worried as to the start that they've made. That's that's not nice. But yeah, it's a, it's a good laugh. I'm just pleased that nobody can go unbeaten in the cinch because I just mm-hmm. I think it yeah. just does make an absolute mockery of a league. I, Arsenal doing it down south, like they drew twelve games. I'm not having that it's as great an achievement as some made it out. And I get the impression that Man City are just on another level and they might I was going to say, Man South. City will do it. Because that Newcastle game, I mean, I said it to you, yeah. obviously with the tune being your team, that just seemed as though they were down and out and from nowhere. Make a couple of changes because the well, squad's an absolute disgrace. 
and before you know it, it's three each, and they're probably unfortunate to not win the game. We um, in that game, Joe Linton sets up Trippier on the edge of the box, and he hits the bar, Is that and that didn't go in. That was to go for, and when we went, I was like, right, I don't think we're winning this. And then it just turns like that's how good they are. But Celtic like I mean, will not be joining that yeah, class. So that's, thankfully, that that's always nice. And then it got to our game, a game that neither of us were particularly confident last time going into. No. Um, for very very fair reasons, we hadn't won in four at Fir Park. Um, last season was twenty eighteen really our last win there. I couldn't believe that in the league. I think we. We beat them in the cup in 2019 when Smith cup. scored that That's raker. Right. Smith yeah. and Washington, was it? Yeah, it was. 2 yeah. 1 win. Um, however, we turned up and somebody brand new specifically turned up because yeah. finally, during the week. Taken bloody long enough. Yes, arrest this. <laughs> Kio Motoroglu got nice. his visa. We're in. He's here. We, he can actually play football. And what's, that, what's that name? It's like he's here, he's perfect. Yeah, he's here and he's perfect, yeah. He actually got his debut as well. And there was another debut to come who we'll speak about soon, but Nielsen stuck with the 4-3-3. Obviously, Halkett came out for Keo and Nielsen, and it was a flat-back four. Cochrane, Kingsley, Nielsen, Smith. The midfield three of Haldi, Devlin, and instead of Grant, it was Keo. And then that front three of Mackay, Shankland, and quite interestingly, Gino was dropped... I think you'll probably feel a bit gutted about that. I don't know if it's just tiredness or the fact that Forrest came on and scored, so you want to... I think it's the latter. But again, Ginelli did perform well in Latvia, so I think he has got you know sufficient reason to feel hard done by. Definitely. And I'll be honest, this was the most fun game since we last played Dundee United. Because <laughs> Dundee United games are just always fun. We asked like that. But this was so much fun. It was like a basketball game. I, I mean, we, we've said it for a couple of weeks now. Hamill Ball was in full flow. Oh, it, it, I it love really Stevie was. Hamill. I'm saying it, right? I really like Stevie Hamill. I don't really like Motherwell, but I like Stevie Hamill. See, I, I, I don't mind Motherwell. And I might get a bit of stick for that, but I, I genuinely don't mind them. The Motherwell mates of mine that I've got are all are all sound guys. So, I, I and I don't know, I feel like they spread the right messages. I, yeah, I, weird, I like them but, as a club, like the way they, they're run. Yeah. Like they're they're yeah. a good club, but, but but I get why you don't like some of their fans. Yeah, um, and players as well. Um, <laughs> as we'll and, then come on to. Yeah, it just kind of was frantic. We could, no one could really get a foot on the ball. Whenever one team would push forward, it just seemed like oh they could score, and then as soon as the play turned over, it was oh they could concede immediately as well. I mean, I know that we we've given Stevie Hamill a fair bit of credit. And he's probably... Well, is he your favourite opposition manager within this edge? No. No? Jim Goodwin. Oh, God. Oh, no. I, I, well, after after his, his comments on Saturday, we're going to need to be sure Jim Goodwin. But, um, anyway. I just fancy him. That's it, though. He's just an attractive man. So oh. that's my main aspect I of can't, it. I can't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I've derailed I'm literally, I'm literally, I feel so derailed what were we talking about just there right well I can get onto the first point of call in the game and it was sadly the other guy I'm in love with Alex Cochran getting hurt because we cannot go through a game without having an enforced substitution oh, I'm so angry 
Firstly, the cocker went off, but I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> I hate when that happens. No, what you were going to say was how we've given Stevie Hamill credit, but because I was like, they could, they look like they could score at any time and concede at any time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I was going to say that it was simultaneously a great but shite advert for Scottish football. No, and, uh, no. I, th- I th- like it was a great game, but yeah. but was quality at an all time high? It's a great advert for what Scottish football is, though. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah, that is true. We we've not got the best product on the park. Off the park's great. <laughs> there's 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 constant chaos in the cinch. I mean, yeah, yeah. I love just it. I just just it. just get into, get into channels. But yeah, so. Cochrane jumped up for a header against Efford, I think it was. I believe so. Sounds and right. he got a knee he got a knee to the back, tried to continue for a period of time and just had to come off. And it is like and I get your point that you started this podcast with, going it, it's quite frustrating that we've just had two back to back wins away from home clean sheets and now the international breaks come. I personally disagree. I think it couldn't have come at a better time for us because That's, now we've got yeah. a lot of momentum. That momentum will cut. It's not like it's a three-week break. It's just one week off. The momentum carries on and it allows people to rest up and get fit. Hopefully a player or two back into the equation if we're lucky. Yeah, I, do you know what? I feel, that, I feel like the break will help quite a lot of Scottish Premiership clubs. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of the World Cup, if it's because of the combination of the World Cup and the Queen, if it's mm-hmm. all just a big mishmash because of Hearts, Rangers and Celtic all trying to compete continentally as well as domestically. Oh, but I, I mean, I think I heard Andy Halliday say that our treatment table's like a disco. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just seems to be rocking up at the minute. Um, yeah. yeah. There's two sides to every coin. I, I'm just frustrated because it's nice to see us win games we've been starving for a little while it's just this good great goals but yeah look if you offered me the chance to rest up with as we've gonna allude to a, a tricky month in October to come then perhaps perhaps the international break has come at a good time and particularly the fact that the Scotland squad is an absolute shambles and only Craig Gordon's our representative, our, our sole hearts uh, player in there. Well, someone who isn't in there, but some hearts fans may want him to be or think he should be. Lawrence Shankland continued his goal scoring form as oh a long ball is played up. And I don't think Alan Forrest is getting the credit for this goal that I think he should do. Because what he does is he makes a run that means the centre-half doesn't know whether or not to go across to Shankland or go across to Forrest, and it means he's completely caught sliding, ends up heading it down towards Shankland, who's completely unmarked because the rest of the defence has just decided to leave him alone, hits it, and it is an inc- I almost feel really bad for Liam Kelly because it's a fantastic save by Liam Kelly, but it just so happens to go exactly back to Shankland's feet. Who I, listen? 
we're Hearts fans, let's just say he did it deliberately. But I don't know if he did it deliberately. He kicks it into the ground so it bounces up and over Liam Kelly's arm and it's 1-0 us. I, I, I think that is meant. Um, Ricky Lamy doesn't know if it's the Happy Mondays, Pancake Tuesday or Sheffield Wednesday, does he? He's just <laughs> he's just an absolute goner. And his partner, Solholm Johansson or whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, Johansson, yeah. I don't know where the heck he is. I uh, couldn't believe the, the amount of space that Lauren Shankland had. And when I was watching it, I saw it. I was watching it and thinking, is that, is that legit? Like, has he, been, has he been caught offside? I, I, because of the space that he's in and the fact that nobody's near him, I sort of thought that they might flag for offside as daft as that mm-hmm. sounds, just because it looked so routine and it is so yeah. routine because Motherwell are nowhere to be seen um, I, look a second bite of the cherry I I don't care he bags goals simple as it's an outstanding save and I am fully convinced that he does mean to sort of dink ish over Liam Kelly let's give him it who cares doing, like, doing what he does mate doing what he does um, as I said, it was kind of just still like the walking wounded. So at this point, Cochrane eventually comes off for Haring. Halliday moves out to left back. Likewise for Motherwell, Joe Efford just pulls up out of what seems like nothing. And uh, former Newcastle United winger Rolando Ahrens comes onto the park. And I went out loud, right, I wonder if he's still really fast but doesn't do anything else apart from be really fast as I had to watch for five years. And that was almost proven to be wrong as pretty quickly after we scored a nice little play uh, with McGinn ends up with McGinn firing over the bar and that kind of leads us to <laughs> half-time because all the excitement really happened in the second half properly. But we go in 1-0, we come back out and I've seen some Motherwell fans, and listen, I get it, when we speak about the game, it's like, the the result doesn't really paint a picture of how the game went. We'll put that lightly. Absolutely <laughs> not. Right? But, Motherwell, I have seen some Motherwell fans saying that they were the better side. I would personally disagree. I think they were the better side for the last 20 minutes, whereas for the majority of the game, we were very in control, and that was continued... In the first, in the very start of the second half, with a wonderful goal from us, Alan Forrest starts the move by picking it up and flicking it back across to the byline Smith, who fizzes it inside, right onto the penalty spot for Shankland, who instead of trying to turn and hit it, actually just holds off Johansson, completely opens it up, and then Forrest, who started it, runs in, and all he has to do is pass it into the corner. 2-0 us, two goals in two games for Forrest. What a, we're amazing at football. My favourite goal this season so far by a country mile. It's not even That's close. Fair. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Um, and Shanklin and Forrest were obviously the heroes in Latvia. So mm-hmm. just like we were talking about Christian Montano and 1-0, I was thinking Shanklin and Forrest 0-2. That's, that's it. That's, that's the go-to now, <laughs> obviously, before he yeah, has yet another. But... You can see that they've obviously played together, what, a mile from me? Um, yeah. And just fantastic. Just great link-up. So pleased that Shanklin's got that side to his game as well. Because it's easy for a centre-forward to be greedy, having already scored 
and try and get a shot away but picks out his pal who makes a great run uh, and a fantastic finish I mean that is one that his elder brother James would certainly be proud of um, given we've seen him do that to a fair few teams uh, sometimes including us but yeah great goal and the fans quite rightly went absolutely mental um, yeah just pleased that we were somehow found ourselves 2-0 up at a venue that we have struggled at for a good few years now um, and do you know again like I would have been very intrigued to see what would have happened to Hearts had we conceded with Motherwell beginning to pile on the pressure I think the stats read the way that they do and the game fizzled out in the way that it did because ultimately Motherwell had to get on the front foot they had to try and get back into the match perhaps feeling aggrieved that they were 1-0 down or whatever um, but if you're at home against we've proven ourselves to be a decent side in this division now um, then you can't blame them for going for it whatsoever but ultimately sometimes you get picked off as a result and thankfully we've got some quality in the final third that helped us to do that which was which was great to see well absolutely fucking lol at Paul McGinn because inexplicably oh my god, oh <laughs> inexplicably my god. he does not score as that's miss the of the season so far yeah in any definitely. game I've seen yeah 100% the ball is played across it gets to Kevin Van Veen who before we speak about Paul McGinn I'm not going to go as far and say Kevin Van Veen's a myth because he's you, not. You were banging this drunk right. last season. <laughs> right? You were. Has he ever he played well against us? us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you can just see it now, can't you? A mile off. I don't know when we've played Motherwell at I was going to say, it no can be in a while now. Right. It's fine. It's oh, fine now. Jesus. He's played four times against us. He'll <laughs> be battering the Motherwell goal. Liam <laughs> Kelly will have an absolute masterclass and then it'll be like a Van Veen pen and we'll just be like oh thanks for that MacGyver Van Veen is clearly a good striker for Motherwell I just don't think he's well I just I've never seen him play well against us he and Molt could cause problems he could yeah definitely I think, and I think they will I and think we'll get them top against six. us yeah I don't really care that that would be that would be nice just but keep, keep it away from hearts please Kevin Van Veen does head the cross just on a Craig Gordon's post who has sprawled completely and is trying to get back up and every Motherwell fan starts celebrating before Paul McGinn even touches it. They probably should have seen it was Paul McGinn and went, oh wait, something could go wrong hey, here. listen, you'll be able to pick out his ugly pass, let's be honest. And inexplicably, he has 98% of the oh. goal he missed from. The XG on that must be about 098 like, it must be as close to a one as a this is a guaranteed goal as you can possibly get. And yet it somehow hits off the other post and lands back in Craig Gordon's hands. What? When, you're lu- I, when your luck's out, it's well and truly out, isn't it? Yeah. That just, I mean, that just summed up their day. You feel as though Motherwell... Did. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday night. You feel as though Motherwell could be playing up till now, having kicked off on Sunday and still wouldn't have scored. That yeah. honestly sums it up. Um, because, listen, CG pulled out a couple great saves. Yeah. But, I mean, that... That that could... Could it change the complexion of the game? I mean, in theory... It's 1-0 at that point, though. It's 1-0 oh, at that sorry. point, so it would have yeah. been 1-0. Yeah, so then they're firmly in it. Yeah. Yeah. And 
with a crowd on their side at home with their recent albeit before yeah. this week defensive frailties the, the complexion of that game could easily change but thankfully I mean it is just an absolute sitter where does that compare like we've seen some bad misses <laughs> in, in recent seasons I was thinking GMS was it Dundee yeah <laughs> it was a yard out that was bad that, that was like, bad. The, is that on the Gary Mackay Stephen scale where does that it, begin it's, that's it's right as up bad if, it's as bad if not if worse, worse. Yeah. yeah, it's an it's absolute really shock. I, I can't remember as glaring a miss against Hearts in my life. Well, 66 minutes hits the clock and the game changes a wee bit because Mother will make a triple sub as we have just made a double sub. So the, another debut, Robert Snodgrass, gets onto the park as a Hearts player. Uh, sorry, Let's we see. didn't talk about this prior to this the 11 being selected. I was probably... Well, yeah, I was probably more of the belief that Robert Snodgrass would be the likelier of the two to make their debut at Motherwell than mm-hmm. Keogh. That's fair. Right, rightly or wrongly, I don't know if you shared that same. I opinion. do. I I do get that. I thought Snodgrass would kind of be more ready to just straight away come into the side because of yeah. his experience. But but it's apparent yeah. having not kicked the ball for what is it three four months? I think I heard somebody say Somewhere that he's obviously trying to get up to speed and. It may well be a Barry Mackay situation whereby yeah. they've not had that pre-season. Obviously, for Snodgrass, it's going to be even harder given the age that he's at yeah. uh, to try and catch up. But I, I still think that that's that's a solid sign. And he, he'll he'll come good, and I'm convinced. And Stephen Humphreys made his third appearance or fourth appearance, sorry, for Hearts, um, replacing Lauren Shankland, and then Steve Hamill made a triple sub because Ricky Lamy. Whilst obviously, yes, he had that moment which directly led to him conceding, but I actually thought Ricky Lamy did really well with Shanklin because he kind of bullied him. Humphreys comes on and Lamy tries to do the same thing that he did and Humphreys just sits him down immediately, being like, you're not going to do that with me. And immediately, Stevie Hammond goes, Ricky, come off, I'm getting Bevis on (laughs) because he's a unit as well. And Mugabe, Moult... And that, how do you say it? Is it McKinstry? McKinstry. McKinstry. Stuart McKinstry. Stuart McKinstry, the Motherwell youngster who was bought by Leeds but then sent back to them on loan. A couple of years down the line, I think. Yeah. yeah. And that, as I say, it's kind of when the game changed because it really allowed Motherwell to start pressing us. The 2-0 down, as you say, they need to open up. They technically score as a great save from Gordon is palmed back out to Kevin Van Veen, who he either shoots and it's going in or wide, or he's fizzing it across the box and it's going in or wide. But regardless, Louis Moult with his first touch in a move that I was like, of course this is what's happening. After Hearts fans have chastised the idea of (laughs) signing Louis Moult during the summer. Wouldn't be like us. Of course he's got to come on and score, but he doesn't, it's offside. And then... In my opinion, Alan Forrest rightly gets man of the match. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Before you go on and chat about Alan Forrest, I was thinking that Louis Moult had that goal stood, and it was the correct decision. He was marginally it offside. Was offside. Yeah. 
had that goal stood, that would have just reeked of Martin Boyle. And then I would have thought, why the hell do club heroes just come back and score against Hearts on like their fairy tale return? I don't yeah. want that to be a common theme. But thankfully, it wasn't. That that would have been the only way that Motherwell would have scored by an yeah, offside goal. Definitely, because they they certainly weren't elsewhere. Well, the only other, as I was going to say, Alan Forrest rightly got man of the match. But in terms of the performance as a whole, I actually think the best player in that park was Matt Penny from Motherwell. No, I thought he back. was, yeah, yeah, I thought he was absolutely he was fantastic. He was he was constantly the one putting balls in that were being really dangerous. He then had two separate shots. One of them, Gordon gets hurt, which was immediately terrifying because by that point we'd used all our subs. And it was like, right, Stephen Humphrey's huge. Put him in goals if Gordon's hurt. But Gordon Sam gets hurt. Clark would have watched on raging. Well, he wasn't even on the bench. Oh, neither he was. Ross Stuart, Stuart was on the bench. Oh, God. That was, oh, then, then they definitely would have scored. Yeah. At least one. Um, At least three. A corner comes in, Gordon punches it, but hurts his knee as he lands. However, somehow gets back up to save Penny's shot out for another corner and then gets laid out back to Penny who rifles it from 25 yards Gordon doesn't move and it hits the stanchion of the bar literally the corner of the bar and the post and thankfully just comes back out to Gordon and then despite Motherwell having 25 shots with only 5 on target admittedly persistent pressure on it we then kind of take advantage the Sibic and Atkinson had come on at this point. Keo and Haring keep the ball quite well. Play to Kingsley, who just plays this pass that takes out oh. about six Motherwell players. Caviar. A single move. Fair play to Atkinson. A fantastic run to make it in the first place. And he just puts it on a plate for Alan Forrest. Onside. Taps it in. Two goals in the day. Three goals in two games absolutely on fire and somehow we're 3-0 up away from home at Motherwell inexplicably I mean Motherwell just felt the full exploits of a forest thump didn't they that was just yes. that was it oh, thank you uh, there's, your, there's your title mate yeah um, exactly <laughs> uh, yeah again another counter attacking goal I'm absolutely all for it can't get enough of it inject that content into my veins and that Stephen Kingsley pass Oh, majestic. You could watch that on repeat. You really yeah. could. That is the definition of eye of a needle. Yeah. Glorious. Absolutely. Scintillating and stuff from the Gorgie and the travelling fans rewarded with making the journey through. you love to see it. It ends 3-0. And see... See when we lost the back-to-back games against uh, Zurich... And in that, we had the Celtic game and stuff like that. How do you think you would have reacted if someone would have told you going into the international break, we would be clear in third with all our injuries and second in the European group as well? I'd love to have known what they'd have been smoking, um, but that (laughs) speaks up the standard of the cinch. Uh, and we're just lucky that Istanbul will hopefully run away with the group so that when we play them on the final match day they can give the backup brigade a chance and you never know if we might actually have a chance in Turkey um, albeit the club are charging 975 yeah. quid for you to go and see that so that's great um, yeah look we are in a we are in a good spot right now but as we've said 
October looks absolutely disgusting, given well, the sides that we play, the venues that we play at. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Come back to me prior to, to the World Cup kicking off. I'm not saying too much yet. That's a very good segue because obviously it's the international break now. So there's no game this weekend. So we're going to take next Tuesday off. So we're now going to speak about the first of those October games as after the international break, we welcome Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's, in their terms, struggling Rangers. In our terms, still Rangers are coming to Tyne Castle. How do you feel about it? An out of form Rangers, albeit they won their last game. Mm-hmm. I, do you know what the, the Rangers games at Tynecastle really disappointed me last season the 2-0 the was a, I felt like Motherwell that day we peppered Rangers mm-hmm. that day particularly toward the yeah. start but it was just minutes of madness and real quality actually on the day uh, that ultimately separated the sides then and then obviously their backup brigade came wiped the floor with us in a, an embarrassing performance that had fans questioning the start of this season and, and the end of last uh, but prior to that when we were shit we actually had a decent record against Rangers we ruined Steven Gerrard's life like our yeah. worst team ever cost them the league and Scottish Cup in the space of two weeks it's a, a good way of putting it I can see why you know Sharp Dev and various other Rangers fans despise my guts um, <laughs> so yeah look I, oh, I I don't know I, I honestly feel like they're there for the taking given recent performances I mean they won against United but weren't at their best but it depends depends what hearts turn up we, we have no reason to be disheartened heading into this if we win we'll go joint second which is enough of an incentive We've got a decent-ish record, recent record at Tynecastle mm-hmm. against Rangers, albeit last season, as I've just alluded to, wasn't great. And is Giovanni Van Bronckhorst under a bit of pressure? Some fans seem to think he is, yet obviously they've closed the gap at the weekend there. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, listen, it should be an absolute cracker. Um, but I don't really have a definitive outcome in my head if I'm honest I, I I don't know I don't know how I'm feeling heading into it quietly confident for sure we can take something but will we will they pick up a win that could send out a statement this season I listened to Craig Levine talking on Sports Sound mm-hmm. and he was talking about the fact that it's amazing that one game can change the entire complexion of a season ultimately we've had ours with Riga Rangers could arguably still be searching for theirs to try and get mm-hmm. them back to within touching distance of Celtic or overtake Celtic. So, I don't know. I, I really don't know how I'm feeling. I'm looking forward to it, but... Yeah, it'll be good. But, but couldn't, couldn't tell you. I, I feel like we could win. I equally feel like we could lose. Is a share of the spoils on the cards? I don't know. Well, you're going to hate me because I want a score prediction. <laughs> I'm going to be optimistic this episode has been optimistic I'm going to leave some of the opti- uh, some of the pessimism behind and I'm going to say that we're definitely going to score twice oh okay do we concede though I'll go 2-1 hearts 
I was going to go 2 1 Rangers. So we're going That's to probably what I'm going to write. Okay. I, do I believe that? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly well, don't know. I think that's probably the trickiest game to call out that yeah. set of fixtures. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard. But we will see. However, now, to finish off as always, oh, it's the quiz. It's Here the quiz. Go. Now, I've made it clear to Adam before recording. I think this is the hardest Who Am I have done. I've so had a long day today. This could be, this could be tough. <laughs> the other questions, I think, are a wee bit easier, maybe. Although, actually, looking at them, maybe they're not. I think some of these questions are easy to give, like, wee softballs, confidence building into the oh, Who yeah, Am I. thanks, and then demoralise me after the Who Am I. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate it. Thanks, so, mate. as ever, we've got two normal questions, a true or false, a multiple choice, and the Who Am I. So, we'll start off with question number one. And it's not actually speaking about someone in Scotland, because this weekend, Hyung Ming Son scored a hat-trick as a substitute in the English Premiership. Okay. The last player to do that in the English Premiership is a former Hearts player. Who was it? Stephen Naismith. Correct. Stephen Naismith. Chelsea, wasn't it? It is. Chelsea versus Everton in Good 2015. Knowledge. See? I, knew, I, I gave you that nice. one. It's Because there's not many options to choose that's from a, there. That's, a, that's an unorthodox question. I like it. Yeah. Right. True or false? Our new signing, Keo scored only one goal for his former club, but it was a 96th minute winner in his side's derby. The derby was, uh, I don't really know how to pronounce his team's name. Heracles versus FC20. What's that derby, is it? Yeah. (laughs) According to Wikipedia, it is. This sounds very specific, but knowing you, you did this, you conned me with this. With Kai Rolls and that chess champion. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. So do I, so do I do I believe you on this occasion? I can tell you he's, for his. Oh, I didn't get the name of the club, but the club he started off with, he scored four goals for them, and then for Heracles. You've clearly done your one. research, but do I fall into the trap? I think I do, and say true. You're. One for two, because it's false. He actually scored eight goals for his previous side. Bastard. Did he score a 96th minute winner no, in Derby? No, I just totally just made totally up. Nice. I totally Good. made up. Stop believing him! <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. You're doing okay, 50-50. Hart and Midlothian won 3-0 away from home in the league this past weekend. When was the last time we replicated that exact result, a 3-0 away win? I saw that. I was there. Uh, it was at Dens against Dundee, wasn't it? It was indeed. It was indeed. October 2018. Yeah, I remember that. Was it a Bizanich? Bizanich free kick. Naismith. I missed Bizanich's free kick, by the way. Too busy at the pub. Uh, Naismith. He did score in the second minute. And so, Stephen McLean? He's got all three of them yeah. as well. Fair play. Very well done. That. Good, good night, that. See, you're doing well. You're doing well. Well, I'm, I've got bad, but other than that, I'm doing all right. <laughs> Question number four. I really like it when you get the true or false ones wrong that I just oh, totally make up. So annoying. <laughs> Honestly, so I don't know whether that's beginning to annoy me more than the real eyes. <laughs> I think it is, because I've got more likelihood to get the true or false yeah. and still fuck it up. You're still zero for three, I think, because you also got the Snodgrass one wrong. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I did. Multiple choice. If Craig Gordon, in this international break, plays all three games, how many caps will he have? Oh, 
Is it A, 70? Is it B, 73? Or is it C, 76? Bollocks. I felt as though he was on 66, but that can't be right. 3 from 70 would be 67. Is that right? Because 76... I don't... I don't think it's 73. I'm not going to go middle for diddle. But am I overestimating Craig Gordon or am I getting him absolutely spot on? <laughs> this is the question. I'm going to say that he's on 67 caps and therefore he will go to 70. Is it A? You, you are incorrect. He is currently on 70 ah! and will end up down the middle on he's 73. 70 caps and he's missed he's on three years. Caps. That is ridiculous. That's according to the official SFA website. So if that's wrong, then they're oh, having a laugh. Fair play. I, yep. I'm sorry, CG. Right. And we come to the... So he's two for two. I'm not happy with the performance in the quiz. The only way this can be salvaged is to finally get a Who yes, Am I. So it the will not be salvaged. Right. Here we go. Right. Who Am I? I came through the Hearts Academy and made my debut two days before Christmas. I scored my first goal against Rangers in a two-all draw. I played 87 times for Hearts, but over 70% of those appearances came off the bench. I left Hearts due to a plethora of fan-favourite talent coming into my position. My last season was a very successful one for the club in general, and I have exclusively played in Scotland. So he's only played in Scotland? He's only played in Scotland. Initially, I had something like Marcus Guidinho in my head. Can you repeat the the questions? Yeah, of course. I came through the Hearts Academy and made my debut two days before Christmas. Was that in a draw? Or the defeat to Dundee under Cathro? I feel like it was. I scored my first goal against Rangers in a two-all draw. I played 87 times for Hearts, but over 70% of those appearances were as a substitute. I left Hearts due to a plethora of fan-favourite talent coming into my position. My last season at the club was a very successful one for the club at large, and I have exclusively played in Scotland. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask for all the clubs. Yes, of course. Because so, you did that, so that's, that's usually a good yep. starting point. So he came through us, he came through our academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hearts, Cowdenbeath, Dunfermline, Queen in the South twice, Wraith Rovers and Alloa. So is he currently at Alloa? No. Yeah, he must be. Bollocks. Queen of the... Sorry, Hearts, Cowdenbeath. Who did you say after that, sorry? Dunfermline. Two separate stints at Queen of the South. Wraith Rovers and Alloa. Two separate stints at Queen's. Oh my god. It's a hard one. It is a hard one. I'll be very impressed if listeners get it. I don't have the foggiest. You've got one more question still. You've still got a question. I know about Oh. The fans' favourite things throwing me off. 
is a central midfield player. Is that your second question? Yeah, I'm going to use that as my second question. You're correct. A central midfield player. Hearts, Cowdenbeath, Dunfermline. Queens. Who played for Queens twice? Wraith Rovers and Alwa. Alwa. Oh my god. So he must still be there now. Oh Jesus. If this guy is a free agent, I'm gonna smack you up. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell plays for Alwa? <laughs> I am struggling here. A central midfield player. Oh, God. I think he also played, like, a wee bit further forward, a wee bit further back. But, yeah, he, he is, like, a centre midfielder. I've used my questions as well now. You have. You've used your two. Oh. In fairness, for the first time ever, you actually used yeah, useful questions. Yeah, I've got credible answers, but I've still, not got, I've still not got a player popping in my head. Oh, God almighty. As I say, this is easily the hardest one I've ever done. So don't beat yourself up too I'm, bad. I'm trying to think. This must have been under Levine, because he signed a plethora of midfielders. Sort of all, and I'm thinking Lee, but then he didn't sign Jim right enough. I don't know who... Oh no, this is so annoying. I feel like I'm going to be absolutely gutted when you tell me who it is. Came through the Hearts Academy. See, the whole Fife Clubs thing. Who's played for Cowdenbeath, Dunfermline and Wraith Rovers? Yeah, it is all that area. Because Queen's... Harry Cochran was obviously at Queen's, but now I think he plays for Montrose. No. No, he was at Montrose, now he plays for Queen's. And you would have said Montrose. He joined Dunfermline on with Anthony McDonald, but Anthony's playing for... I'll even give you this, right? I'll give you this as an additional thing. Cowden Beef, he went to on loan. Whereas he then left us for Dunfermline, Queen's South twice, Wraith and Oh. I thought I'd give you that one. I've got something like Stephen Simmons in my head. I've got no idea. <laughs> is it? It is in our lifetime. I'm going to say it just because it's in my head. Stephen Simmons. No idea. Incredibly, he's got the hardest one ever. Oh, it's Stephen Simmons. Yes! Come on! Very well Get done. Get in there. Yes! Very well done. Come on! What made you, what made you think of Steve Simmons? I, I just felt like he'd left us for Dunfermline. I, I don't know. He did. As, as, soon as, you said, as soon as you said on a permanent basis, I honestly thought... I think he signed with them on a permanent basis. That's mad. Yeah, he did. He I signed in the initial right. six yeah. months. So, oh, I'll, um, yes. I'll, I'll explain... I'll explain the clues with Go further detail. Go for it. So, his first game came for us when we beat Dundee United 3-1 on the 23rd of December 2000. He scored his first goal 
uh, against Rangers in the two-all draw. I couldn't believe this. He played 87 times for us, but all over 70% of them were as subs. Actually, That's incredible. That is that is incredible. I'd have thought there would have been more starts, but he just he felt like this is doing a disservice. A, a secondary squad player, really. Well, that then perfectly follows in Hens because is for or Hensy's later clubs. Yeah, he left us, and I just put this due to a plethora of fan favourite talent because up against him in his time was Scott Severin, Phil Stamp, Paul Hartley, and then Bruno Aguilar in his last season. Yeah, I, I, as soon as you said about the the fan favourites, I was thinking, was that Phil? That was Phil Stamp territory. That yeah. Then oh, my last season, my last season was a cup winning season because he left us in two thousand six. Right. Obviously, okay. we won the cup, Close. and then the club. So yeah, nineteen ninety eight, he joined us uh, after leaving Celtic Boys Club, but he signed his first professional contract with us in ninety eight through to two thousand six. Steve Simmons, and finally. Adam has a who it is four. Hallelujah! He's on, he's on the board. <laughs> Come on, about bloody time! Amazing what happens friend, when you don't ask former managers, isn't it? Yeah, I know. When you actually <laughs> ask questions that are useful, logical to questions you to find wow. out. Can he get Ruben Palace way lost, but he can get Steve Simmons? That sums up my brain. That's why that, that sums me up. The fact <laughs> that I, I said. They exclusively played in Scotland, yes. and your first guest was Marcus Cadinho. No, no, wait, wait, <laughs> fucking it hell! It was before you said that. It was, oh, like, right. it, it was literally when you mentioned the Hearts Academy, and I felt like Cadinho made his debut in that defeat to Dundee under Cathro. Right. That might be total nonsense. So that's who I had in my head. And then when you said the later clues, I was like, well, it obviously can't be because he plays for like the Whitecaps now, <laughs> or whatever. So, and then and then I thought, well, if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it was not Gadinho, maybe it's his pal Zanata, who I see is now at Aki's, so yeah. Yeah, true. What a time to be alive. Well, oh, I'm chuffing myself. Not only are Hearts going into the international break in their good mood, Adam Kennedy is as he finally gets the Who Am I? What a, what a novelty. But again, frustration that I can't get my revenge on you next week, so you know. <laughs> We're fine. So, yes. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. It's been a very, very positive week for Hearts generally. So we hope Couldn't you have get any enjoyed. Better. Exactly. If you have, please do share this about on all the social media platforms. We are at Peter Paisley on all of them. We're also Paisley at gmail.com if you want to contact us. That way, if you've enjoyed listening to us on a podcast platform, please leave us a review on it. it. really does help. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave a like, subscribe, comment as well. Adam, where can we get you on social media? Uh, they can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall and you can see me waxing lyrical about Stephen Simmons God bless you <laughs> what a man the retired man through Falkirk now and yeah as we said we're not we're taking a week off as it's international break we'll be back for the Rangers game preview Fiorentina which is going to be some laugh and anything else that happened then but until then we'll see you next time Bye-bye. Mojai Tease!